This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Unfortunately, we haven't learned how to code ourselves. Everybody else knows how to. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're, 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 they know how to help, how to utilize us for their algorithms. And and that's for society, not just our mm -hmm. culture. Because I feel like we use the word culture a lot, but it's really society at this point. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I feel like we isolate ourselves from societal problems, mm -hmm. even though society is dealing with the same exact problems. So it's in a <laughs> yeah, different yeah, way. Yeah. So it's like when we talk They're about like male and female dynamics as if that's only happening in black culture. It's not true. It's mm -hmm. happening in society. When we talk about the effeminization of males, that's not just happening in black culture, that's happening mm -hmm. in society. Right. Right. This is why you, you get this new manosphere that pops up. And people always demonize this manosphere, but you gotta look at what created the necessity for it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, exactly. What you, environment. You, you yeah. can never talk about the branch of something without getting to the root of mm -hmm. it. Right? Mm -hmm. Why are these young men feeling so disempowered? Right. It's not just because women are being empowered. That's not. It's, it's just not some natural progression that this has happened, mm -hmm. right? It, it's because of the camp, and and also this is why we get back to capitalism. Capitalism controls and has a greater degree of influence over these new social realities mm -hmm. than any activist ever. Family is 19 Keys. Welcome to another episode of High Level Conversations, a place where we like to dive deep into the mind, society, the fabrics of philosophy, existentialism, metaphysics, culture, and really just about any topic that enters the mind that will allow us to grow. Today, I brought somebody here that is a polymath, one whose interests and mindset range in multiple areas, who isolates himself so that he can learn what the masses don't know and put it into application. And he has made a life of this. Some would say he's nomadic, but he has the skill sets that allow him to be able to corporatize his interests, create a business around it, and to be able to hack reality in the ways that the average person only wish. The conversations I have with this brother offline what gave me the idea to bring them online. Conversations such as about technology, coding, hacking, the mind, theories, philosophies, psychology of society, and more. He's that one friend, right, that you can talk to about the deep thoughts and it's just a normal conversation. Because it's not that deep when you high level. Today, I have none other than one of the tech architects in the culture that is Mr. Human. Peace, brother. Peace. Hey, I appreciate you, first yes, off, for having <laughs> me on. You know, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a very long time. Uh, we talked about this for a while. So I want to go ahead and just dive right into it. You know, 
Yeah, most definitely. You gotta chef up for the people. It's a lot of interesting things going on today. One of the things that a person can consider to be, you know, um, I would say alien in a way, right, is the self-replicating or self-healing and replicating robots, right? And me and you was having this conversation based on the scientific, you know, um, experiments that are being done right now and that are actually being used, right? And I think about the future a lot because I don't want to have future shock. I don't want to have disorientation and anxiety about things to come. So I know that if I think about them, that it eases the tension between where we are and where we're going, right? And then it prepares me to have, you know, influence and control over my own future, right? Now, I want you to kind of give me a breakdown, you know, the same way we did off camera, you know, to the people about these nano robots and where this idea came from. Yeah, so um, they're called xenobots, right? And they can grow, communicate uh, using stem cells and the same communication networks that our neurons use, gap junctions, uh, bioelectricity, etc. And it was developed by, obviously, like any great project, a number of scientists, but one of them being Michael Levin. And he's a, a microbiologist who studied this process that happens in planarian worms. And basically what he observed is that essentially every cell in any life form is just as intelligent as a human brain. Right? So we assign intelligence and to, to our mind, we localize it to our mind, and maybe that's just because we're, it's where we perceive from, in large part. We hear from here, we see from here. But his study goes into the fact that every cell is just as intelligent. They all communicate. They can all break down a virus, decode, and you know, embed that into DNA, those algorithms to handle them later. So as he was studying the planarian worms, he was you know, cutting off parts, watching them grow back. It's a natural process for them. But every time they grew back, he was um, using a specific type of microscope. I think it's an electroscopy microscope where you can see like bioelectric fields. And he noticed that the shape of whether it was the head or the tail was still there. And through study of like basic inputs and out output signals, so, you know, treating the body like it's a, a regular machine. If you stimulate this, you get this response. If you tickle this, this will happen. And he was able to see what lights went on when the organism was regenerating its head. Uh, but what he also noticed was that the field was always there, as in this invisible electromagnetic field that um, represented the head or the face. So through studying that almost analog, that's the term you used when we spoke on it the other day, um, studying that analog process and that approach towards biology, to be able to, he's been able to not only implement it into the xenobots, but also we're looking at cellular regeneration for ourselves and you know, people with lost limbs, et cetera. And then you were saying because the, the way that he's looking at it is like, you know, um, almost like call and response. Like one thing, one input gets another output. And once you start looking at it like that, that's how you start seeing human beings that we can be broken down in these processes 
and the brain is not seen as the whole, right? Like, I'm a human being with emotions, feelings, consciousness, it's saying that, no, the brain has a particular part that can be broken down in your neurons. We go deep inside and we see that if we stimulate this area, it will cause this behavior, right? So now you're not seeing the human being as whole. You're seeing them as processes, right? And so this is, this is it's interesting because this is what most scientists, right, start to see reality as. They don't see the human being. They see these processes that they can tinker with. Right, and this is kind of where you kind of go into get like the mad scientists that want to take over the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it's like, you know, you may see yourself as this whole thing, but I know that this is ex this expression is only a part of these little processes. And if I tinker with this, then that's kind of where you get like, you know, social manipulation, and social psychology, and and psychologists understanding the mind, and you know, playing that out on a larger scale of society. Right, and this is kind of where we at today of like human beings have been tinkered with so much throughout time, right? To the point where social engineering, to the point where the way society moves has been greatly influenced by what corporations are deciding to push, right? And that the idea that we're somehow in control of society versus corporations are in control of that and they decide to say, hey, I think that we'll push this because we want to control spending power, right? So if people, let's say if, if men want to wear, I've seen a, a study where they were saying that 15% of men uh, wear makeup now, right? And 17% are thinking about it, right? So corporation will say, okay, hey, we just got this data. This is a new trend, right? or whether they created it or not. They say, this is a new trend, so how about we now start pushing ideas, right, to take that 17% that's thinking about it, convert them over, right, and then let's hire influencers, let's put money behind it, millions and billions of dollars, because if we invest that into this societal change, we have a new pool of customers, and now we have, we, now we can take advantage of this new spending power. So they're, what they're doing, when you think that it's about your freedoms, your expressions, these new norms that post a fight, you know, patriarchy and things of that nature, but it's more so just, you know, corporate agenda to influence spending power so they can get consumers to buy new products, right? And so this is where you have to take a look back and be like, no, most of what we think is progress, or not, I would say we, but I would dare say what society is thinking is progress, it's just corporate agenda. Yeah, yeah, the, the uh, corporate influence on, on politics, because there's businesses with more money than entire countries, right? So when they set up shop in that country, who has control? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you remind me, of, you, you touch on Edward Bernays a lot, mm -hmm. and I studied his work as well. One of the things that are, Interesting is that he was Sigmund Freud's nephew, right? So he grew up pretty much understanding psychology, ego, and ID, and being noticing that the smallest subconscious, um, smallest subconscious things had huge implications in, in a person's woke, awakened consciousness. Pardon me. That being said, when you when you speak on systems, and I think everything's a system, right? Um, 
like you said, the body, we have the digestive system, respiratory system, nervous system. Uh, out in our environment, we have the ecosystem. Uh, we have a solar system. All of these different systems, and with each of them, you can tweak something small, and in your body, you can end up with a disease that's caused by a poor eating habit, allergy, things like that. Uh, so the nature of understanding systems is pertinent to, as you were explaining, reverse engineering and getting your own goals, sometimes terraforming the environment by that understanding, changing society. Um, the last episode you did, I believe it was the last one, if not the one before, about cloning. Incredible. What methods were they using to clone? Are they using to clone currently? It's that social engineering understanding the psych psychology, what we want, because we kind of all respond like Pavlov's dogs. When this bell goes off, we do this. And I mean, they have the, the data on it by the number of surveys. We have the, the history of market and consumerism. So at this point, anybody who isn't, you know, hasn't come into that full self-awareness and knowledge of self is pretty much being puppeteered yeah, I mean, you know, the, it, when when you when you get to this level where you're studying animals, you know, replication systems, and then creating robots based on that same system. Yeah. And and here's the thing: it's like transhumanism is a very real thing, you know, and the generations to come will have a hard time not seeing that as normal, mm. right? Because that's the reality that we live in now. This is mm -hmm. the new normal, right? Like robots are everywhere, you know, right. now. I don't know if the robots that I see in LA are actually delivering food or if it's part Crazy. of a program just to normalize seeing the robots. Mm -hmm. So when they do want to roll out the business, <laughs> right, it's already normal in your mind. Yeah, yeah. I don't know too many people that have actually gotten any robot delivered food, but right. I always see them going up and down. Yeah. So I feel like it's just a social programming, like, you know, experiment to just normalize it. Because right. now I just be sitting at the corner, all of a sudden a robot would just be willing <laughs> past you. Right. And it's like, this is wild. We literally got robots delivering food, and what that represents is taking another job. Yeah, right? Yeah. Because now everybody, you know, is in this fast-paced automation age, mm -hmm. right? The age of automation is here. Right. And everybody has to figure out how to implement automation into their business, how to be, you know, AI literate, right, mm -hmm. if you will. And, and most people not going to get to that point of like knowing what deep learning or machine learning is and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Those are the programmers of society, right? right? But the average person should have a high level understanding of, you know, this new age of development that's happening. And, yeah. it's, and it's sad because, you know, most of society is just like, we just kind of like discard to say that they're never going to be intelligent. So, mm -hmm. you know... Y'all don't need to know about this. Let, you, <laughs> let everybody else handle this and hope we're doing something right for you. Right, right. And that's sad because when you think about leading the people, when you think about informing the people, you realize informing the crowd is useless, mm. right? Because they don't really care. Mm. No, the crowd wants the people that are informing them either to be honest and hope that they're honest or even if they're not honest, make them feel good about what you're telling them. Mm so that they can continue to live in this bubble of comfort, right, right? right? But outside that, you know, when we talk about the programmers of society, 
Those are the ones who fabricate the illusion that you know everybody believes. Right, right. We've seen, and and we are in the age of the alien invasion, right? <laughs> Aliens are taking over. Whether, you know, and and this is like going into two thousand and twenty-four. You know, things being alien to us is going to have to be such a new feeling that people get used to. Yeah. Right. Like when a when the Mexican government can come out with these two feet aliens that look like little MIB coffee mug, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Them little right. <laughs> extraterrestrials, and that's yeah. a normal day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you gotta see that <laughs> what's being normalized and what's being pushed on us is that the accepting of everything, mm-hmm. and that's such a dangerous place that you get to because it's like people talk about the new world order. It's like do you really care? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, when when everything that from when I was a child that was once, you know, whispered as a conspiracy, is now just the next real or news clip that I see on TV. Yeah. Growing up with the Scientific American and Popular Mechanics, I would study technology when I was younger. I was so interested and always interested on what's the new technology that's part of my programming to like innovation to like new to like Mm -hmm. advancement right i would watch the sci-fi channel you know i would see watch twilight zone i would i would always be interested in these things Mm -hmm. right we would program early on to see terminator and robocop Mm -hmm. and you know watch the 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 show artificial with the kid the artificial intelligence ai Mm -hmm. we've been indoctrinated for robotics artificial intelligence our whole entire life. Yeah. So when you have been indoctrinated, you know, not only that for alien invasion, right? Mm-hmm. Your whole entire life, when it happens, <laughs> what does it feel like? Yeah. Nothing. I know what you mean. Right? right? So you have to think about society and where we at. It's like, is somebody playing the game mm-hmm. of creating or, or ushering in that reality by first getting it to a point where, you know, um, you're getting people's permission by programming them with the idea first so that right. there's no resistance by the time you're ready to roll it out. Yeah, it's that uh, desensitization, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like you're saying, like the whole system doesn't have to know everything. It's the people who, who are projecting with 20-year plans. Yeah. Most people don't have a two-year plan, five-year plan. That's a super fact. Right? So these are people who are looking, thinking about their families, what land their families, generations mm-hmm. to come are going to have. Um, one of the dopest part about the uh, parts about the most recent Matrix was the the architect in that movie, whatever his name was, he said they don't want to break out. You know, mm. they want to be here. Um, so like you're saying, to inform everybody is pointless because how many people do we try to teach every day who really don't want to hear it? You know, mm-hmm. they'd rather be entertained than have to learn something applicable. But the more that I I think about that, it makes me realize, you know, think biologically my my hair cells shouldn't really know what my eyeball cells are doing right they have mm-hmm. different jobs and functions they're not all uh, you know priorities for me to sustain myself so there's this hierarchy in in every system mm-hmm. where okay this is the head and this um, the rest are delegates to to fill in the gaps you know um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely it's, it's a part of that whole systemic process. People focus a lot on nutrition, body-wise. You know, I'm gonna feed this particular system of the body, I'm gonna feed that system. Very rarely do people speak about the mind. Very rarely do people speak about the brain. 
The brain needs the most energy, right? The brain is uh, needed to process. The brain is needed to, you know, compartmentalize. The brain is needed for so many things, you know, but we don't know what brain food looks like, you know? We know that the body's electrical and what I understand about gold is not only is it super conductive, but it's non-corrosive and it's a noble element. So they say that if I am what I eat, I want to be noble. You know what I'm saying? I want to be of the highest degree. And I also want to focus on mental health. I want to focus on gut health. I want to focus on energy. I want to focus on youth. I want to focus on, uh, you know, accessing uh, pineal activity, hormonal balance, everything that gold represents is what I want to see more of. So what better thing to do but align myself with this particular product and get it out to as many people as I can by singing the praise of gold, which is something that our people have been doing for over 10,000 years. Apple has spatial reality, mm. right? They come and, you know, with the new phones they have now, like, you know, the spatial cameras, mm. right? So that basically, you know, the cameras act like your eyes, mm. right? So the lenses are set up the same way your eyes are. Mm. And they have, you know, um, the same amount of, I, I guess, like filters as the actual eyeballs, right? Mm. So. Mm you're not going to be able to really differentiate, right, reality, yeah. right, from this virtual reality Something that you're shot. going to experience. Yeah. And yeah. the overlay of adding in the spatial reality into normal reality, you know, it's going to go from these huge headphones, right, into regular just, you know, glasses that people mm -hmm. can use. Um, and then eventually, I believe, just go away from phones, period. You know, where, you know, there's already adventures that used to work for, you know, um, uh, AI, open AI, I believe he was the one, I think he the open for, and I think he worked for Apple. He created the phone that can just be, you kind of set it right here and right. then it shows up in your palm. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And I mean, what is that besides kind of like programming people to be deeply interconnected with their technological devices, mm. right? And this is interesting as well because we see the so-called billionaires and the leaders of you know the tech wars meeting together saying let's put a halt on ai right do we believe that that's real right because it's, right. it's one of those things where you're saying listen we're going to invent the bomb and then have a discussion about not using it mm -hmm. you can't right. uninvent it once it's here right. right and i feel like that's a dog and pony show for the people but it's not a reality and even though it could be in the sense that they're constantly creating things that, you know, human beings are, we talked about, they so, human beings are so smart mm. that, and we're very smart and too smart for our own good sometimes. <laughs> right. We're so smart that we have to believe that there's someone out there smarter than us. Mm -hmm. Because it's kind of like when you watch Dragon Ball Z. And Goku is always looking for a new opponent to fight. Right, so we right. kind of like looking for a Dr. Wesley coin to turn super terrestrials yeah. that are smarter than us. So that, you know, gives us a, a new contender, a competitor for our intelligence. Like mm. we're, we're always trying to think beyond 
our capability and that's what gives us a point of evolution not from a physical but from a conscious standpoint mm. you know what i'm saying like mm. are we smart enough to know what's good for us and what's bad for us are we going down an ultimate rabbit hole of self-destruction because we don't see any other point of existence right and i say we as a collective but even though there's a small amount of people actually in those positions to make those actual decisions mm -hmm. that, that's a Brilliant question because I, I was actually reading earlier about how we have prokaryotic and eukaryotic cells, right? The ones that work independently, the eukaryotic, they're a group of cells. They're a multicellular cell. And biologists say that that was the turning point for evolution, you know, based on, depending on what you believe about evolution. Uh, I believe we were made or, you know, helped make ourselves. But whether we did it by means of evolution. So you don't believe in Darwin's theory? Because I was watching Planet of the Apes just yesterday. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So do you believe we come from apes? No. Okay. No, nah, it's, it's impossible. But uh, Why you say that? Because uh, things don't evolve into something else. Mm. You know, so they, we, we have, I'd say the difference between us and monkeys and DNA, they say, is probably the difference between us and Neanderthals, they say. Now, they have a, a troglodyte monkey as well, and they had the, the multiple humanoid types, like they say. Troglodyte nigger, that's what they call it. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hard R, right? That was the full name, right? Troglodyte nigger. Yeah, but no, you know. N-I-G-E-R, but yeah. You're not going to get something out of something else. What we see in evolution is more so that what's already there organizes themselves to become large organisms, right? So, and we can see this on any scale, from atoms to you know, molecules, right? To, and then from molecules to basic life forms up until organs and then organisms. And again, we're back to systems. It's like that's the reoccurring theme. So, point being, organization of information increases the aptitude of a, of a being or entity. Mm -hmm. Cooperation is everything. No cell could do it by themselves. Um, so yeah, so I, I don't believe in evolution. I forgot where I was before before well, we paused we were talking on about, the. Uh, you know, um, you know uh, the, the. Oh, if the we AI. know what's good for yeah. us. So yeah, to to that point, there's behaviors that all organisms have that they're programmed with. Right, and as biological beings, we have some of those basic instructions. We need to eat, we need to breathe, um, we take care of our basic needs. So, but anything outside of that, when we develop goals based on our intentions, our wants or desires that you know have nothing to do with survival, we call it you know goal-directed behavior, and that's where they assign a consciousness to a being or mm -hmm. soul, regardless of how complex, right? But uh, the goal-directed behavior says that all organisms terraform their environment based on their desires, not their needs for survival. So, for instance, the way we have AC in every household, the way we have paved roads, all of these things that we've done to terraform the planet to make it more convenient for us, not necessarily because it's, it's right. Mm -hmm. We notice that we're destroying the planet as we terraform it. So... You know, we don't always know what's good for us uh, naturally because nature has a blueprint and that I feel nature gives things time to 
fall into place. Whereas it's not a bad thing, but we rush, we test, we simulate. It's a simulation in a sense. So that's just the edge they has on us. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, you know, I don't believe in Darwin's theory. I'm not a Darwinist at all. Um, Because I I know we don't come from monkeys. We don't see enough mutations. No. It it, it doesn't make no sense. I I know specifically melanated people don't come from monkeys. You know, um, no. And, and I think that, that that robs us of real history for me, mm-hmm. right? Real history of looking at this planet Earth. Well, people don't understand that there are many different variations to the story of, you know, the beginning of the human race, if mm-hmm. you will, right? There are many different pathways of different types of people, all these different score types. Of course, there are always dark, melanated people, mm-hmm. right? But, you know, as they say, you never seen a black caveman, mm. right? Those things didn't exist, right? Mm. But there were different variations of different type of human beings, right. right? That we have all these different names for. And then you go back further, hundreds of thousands of years or thousands of years, and things that don't make sense with the timeline of what we're told, societies having this deep mathematical intelligence right being able to map star systems yeah, right yeah, yeah. right creating ceremonial burial systems and things of that nature that directly tell a story of consciousness and the people having like rites and rituals mm. before it was said to be brought out right in the mm. human being right so it's like these things that you know because it's not a enough data and evidence for the scientific community to conclude this to be a fact, then it's disregarded in the story of human beings. Right. Right? And, and, and it's one of those things like science, you know, can be, uh, science is a religion. Yeah. Right? Yeah. A lot of scientists don't believe in God. Mm-hmm. Right? A scientist, a lot of times, they believe in theories. Right? Mm-hmm. And theories are not things that are proved. Right, right? Right? And that's the thing about science. Science is not about proving things, per right. se. Right, it's, it's really about the best theory into superior knowledge. Right, decides that this one expires, and there's a superior knowledge that comes in place. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my little brother uh, about this other day about um, mathematics and belief. Mm-hmm. Right, which are like two of the strongest thought processes because. Mathematics doesn't require belief, and belief doesn't require mathematics. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so it's like people that know mathematics don't need to listen to the people that just believe things. So mm-hmm. it's like the scientists operate off math, right? right? right. Most of the time, because that's how they, you know, uh, uh, can decide whether this particular theory is conclusive or not by mm-hmm. testing the math. Yeah, yeah. Right, but they, they don't have, have proofs. Right, proofs, you know. What I mean? So they're not yeah. operating off a belief system, mm-hmm. right? It's a mathematic system, but math is math is like you know something you discover. It's not right. something you create, mm-hmm. right? You can formulate new ways to use that math. Like today's mm-hmm. school children don't solve math problems the way we did. Yeah, right? Yeah, they have yeah. much better systems that make it much easier. Right. And children of today that become adults think that they're not good at math, but yeah. teachers weren't good at teaching it yeah, in a way yeah. that simplified the process. Mm-hmm. Right? So you may be insecure, but anyway, back to the point, math is a discovery. When you yeah. discover 
certain mathematical equations, now you can unlock different aspects of the universe. Right. Right? Alchemy, chemical processes, inventions, cell phone, quantum entanglement. Right? All these things become possible. And so thinking in mathematical terms, right, is different for a society one that thinks in belief-based terms. Right. Right? Or ones that think based on feelings. Yeah. Right? So it's like that idea of like, you know, math and belief, I find it so deeply interesting because it's more so like a philosophical conundrum. Mm-hmm. Which one is more powerful, mm. right? Math or belief? It's funny because it ties into that thing you were talking about with ignorance and confidence. Mm. Because there's a number of things that, if you need to, if you need to know how it will work. You may never try mm. because you really can't see that far into the future. You may not have the whole plan um, mapped out, but you can believe that you can do it. Right. Um, it just has to be validated. The right. process, that's when you start finding the, the math for it. But you're right as far as math being the formula to, to inter- interact with the universe because it's the universe's expressive language. It's the Fibon- Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Tachi sequence. It's yeah. The, it's yeah. the sacred geometry of the universe. Yeah. Right? Like... Everything God, can be expressed if, mathematically. If, if one wanted to say God is a mathematician, mm-hmm. right? That's that's his signature. That's his tool because a flower is mathematical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, and when you see, and and, and this is where you get, um, like like deformations. Like so, if radiation hit the flower, it throws off the math. Right. Yeah. Right. So Color now changes. that perfect spiral. It's not continuing to go based on that sequence. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so it's like God's, like, when well, you can tell God is involved in something because it's mathematical, which also states that it's logical. Yeah. So it's a system of logic. That's his logistical chain, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's his blueprint all everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's this spiral. And they was just, scientists were just saying how they found, like, these deep spirals in, like, consciousness that mm-hmm. they don't yet understand. The same spirals we see on the head, the same right. spirals we see in the universe, the same spirals we see in flowers and things yeah. of that nature. But, but it gets to this point where it's like, number one, we don't have a society that is very math efficient, mm-hmm. right? Math requires isolation a lot because you have that time to think, mm-hmm. right? So math, this natural process of intuitive calculation that we go through, right? Women have a greater intuition than men because they have this connection right through their womb to the universe to where they can calculate things from a subconscious standpoint and get information. But that doesn't mean they can show you the work. Intuition doesn't mean I can show you the work how I arrived to it. But my mind is connected to the answer. Yeah, yeah, Right? And so I'm listening to the that whisper in my mind that said, hey, this is that, that is this. Right? And though and then it becomes a belief. Right. Right. After the calculations. But intuition is to me like subconscious calculation right. beyond conscious understanding. Yeah. yeah right. Exactly. But it requires belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like right. it requires you to believe something that 
you can't even prove, mm -hmm. but then you have this knowing about it. Yeah, exactly. Because to you, the fact that you have the feeling is evidence enough that it's real. Right. It's almost like belief, not for everybody, but belief being the the knowing without the math, yeah. without the proof. Yeah, one could and, say. You know, it's, I, it's I grew probably up. like the intersection of math and belief mm -hmm. is, is intuition because they both require, intuition requires mathematics. It's yeah. calculation for sure. Yeah. And then you have to have faith and belief in your intuition to follow it. Right. And it's funny because like the heart, they say the heart has its own nervous system, mm -hmm. right? And it's an oscillator. Yeah. It's beating constantly and it's sending out waves all the time. Mm -hmm. And when you look at how radars work, that wave that encounters, let's say, another submarine or something in the mm -hmm. ocean, it sends back information to the main computer. It can tell you how far something was. Why? Because we know how fast that wave was moving. Mm -hmm. So if it's going X miles an hour and it ran into something in a few seconds, now we can calculate the distance. Distance divided by time and speed and things like that. So there are metrics and things that can be assessed just by feeling, just from that wave. So, and that's where I think meditation comes into play when you're syncing both the cognitive mind of the brain and then the subconscious mind of the heart. The things that we quote unquote just learn by heart or know by heart, they're just a, a part of our, the fabric of our being. Like I grew up terrible in math. I was intimidated in math. I probably failed most math classes because I didn't even care to listen. There was nothing there that they didn't want, like the way I solved the problems. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, uh, I didn't, yeah, I didn't pay much attention. When I became a programmer though, and I noticed that everything that had to be programmed had to be named as a variable. And I'm, I'm looking at formulas and I'm realizing how the, how the universe works and it's, everything in life is a variable. Every person you know, every car you see moving, at what speed, these are all variables. Um, your plans, they exist in this multi-dimensional space where you have to make choices. Uh, you're choosing from these variables to get to certain outcomes. So that kind of made me fall in love with, with math, seeing that literally everything was math. math. Math is the language of the universe. That's why we can write formulas for anything, um, that's why everything can be explained mathematically. So, for instance, digital information, when we record stuff with cameras, and that gets depicted on a screen by way of ones, zeros, pixels, and coordinates, that's all math. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everything can be translated into mathematics. Yeah, that's why it's so dope, because, like, it's a superpower, right? It's like... If you want to understand anything, if you want to understand the universe, you understand God, you have to understand math. To that is a fact. Now, and, and let's say, okay, you don't understand it, right? Mm -hmm. But if you want to have a, a deeper understanding, I should say, right, mm -hmm. of the root, because there's things that, you know, people have, and, and this is where belief comes in. It's like, mm -hmm. well, I don't have to know how God does it to understand right. God, right? But when you want to do and be as your father, now when mm. you start thinking mathematical, now you have the mm. ability to do things, to take ideas from the head, right? To where it's like, all right, things are created twice, once in the mind and in reality. So mm. now, have an idea. All right. You know, there's this, uh, there's, they call it the 20, it's a, it's a mind, it's a mind, uh, 
experiment where it's a 20 question experiment, right? Okay. I forgot who's the author of it, but he says, think of any problem, then think of 20 ways, right, to get to the solution of that. <laughs> so like, let's say whether you're talking about, you know, becoming a millionaire, whether you're talking about pushing out a product, right? Mm. Whether whatever it is, think about 20 solutions. You have to go through every iteration. Yeah, yeah. Right? And he was saying that this formula has created more millionaires than any other formula mm. that he knows. Because he said by the time you get to the 20 of one, it's usually the best one. <laughs> right. Right? Because you've now, you gotta think about it, you've now went through 20 iterations and variations, mm. and what it what is it doing? It's forcing the mind, right, to go through this process mm. without having the experience. Right. Right? Because experience means that we come up with one idea, we go experiment. Right, and then we got to go back to the results. Right, right. So it's like if you're a scientist, you know, you're doing this thought experiment, you know, and and you're thinking twenty steps out. Right, right. So now you will literally come up with the best version, right, mm -hmm. of the plan, and then implement that. Yeah, yeah. Right. So now it's a higher self. It's not the right. self that's rushing. It's not the self that's not thought out. It's the self that's more patient. The self that's yeah. more calculating. The self that's constantly improving, right? Mm -hmm. And think about the 20th iteration of your thought. Mm. You know what I'm saying? With everything that you go do. And I was always taught, think five times before you speak and you might be right. Mm. But now think 20 times over <laughs> your ideas, right? <coughs> write them all down. So you got to literally go through the process, write them all down. That's a simulation. Right. Essentially, it's a simulation. And it's funny because in AI, machine learning, when we build models and train them, they run through iterations. That's mm. what we call them, epochs of the same task. And the learning algorithm refines or brings it from its margin of error mm -hmm. closer. This happens mathematically. So the problem can be any problem. It's broken down to numbers. And it's essentially, okay, how far are we off? And this algorithm will kind of bring us a little bit closer yeah. and adjust all of the parameters to make that happen. But it runs through those iterations until it, um, we call it convergence. When, let's say, we're looking at a bell curve, and this is the true data, and the, the first prediction was way off here, mm -hmm. we want to bring those together so that they converge. Um, and then we say the AI is ready. But it's after so many iterations, uh, trying, exploring the different options, opportunities, by way of simulation, that it arrives at that you know, competent level. So, yeah. So, so all right, so this is, this is raw, because... For me, I think about, we, we now have this beautiful opportunity where everybody has a research assistant, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say you go on Claude.ai. Yeah. Claude.ai has an AI constitution where if it's wrong, it will try to correct itself, right? Mm -hmm. So okay. therefore, it's not like ChatGPT. If ChatGPT wrong, you just whiff that answer, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So ChatGPT, Claude is like that responsible friend that's smart, but sometimes he gets stuff wrong, mm. and then they'll call you and be like, oh, you know what? I had that wrong, actually. I, I did yeah. my research. I don't want you to operate off that false information. <laughs> yeah. ChatGPT, he going to tell you something confidently, like, nah, I said what I said. It is yeah, what it yeah. is. And you operating, because that's the smartest friends you know, mm -hmm. but you're going off false information that was given to you very confidently. Claude got more integrity than most right. people. Right, yeah, <laughs> most people. Claude got some integrity about himself. Like, I'm not, but nah, you ain't going to say you like that for me. So, you know, I say that because 
back in the, I say back in the day, and that's really just kind of like anything that didn't happen in this decade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we're in the future, right? Right. So anything that didn't happen in this decade, right? So you have to think, let's go back to 2000, before 2020, actually. Yeah, yeah. Before 2020, it's a whole new reality, right? It's wild to think So about. if we go pre-2020, before the huge shift of reality, because we yeah. are in a great transitioning of society. COVID, yeah. So, you know... There, if you wanted to have a, access to a vast amount of data, mm-hmm. right, where would you get that from, right? Now, typically, you don't have the ability, and I'm talking about with no budget, mm-hmm. right? You can't go to a research firm and say, hey, I need access to this data in this particular industry so we can make better decisions, right? right. right? I want to see, you know, what's the future, where are things are headed, I want to see, you know, uh, where are the particular problems, what's the spending habits on it, right? What are the trends? So we can analyze this data with the team, yeah. and now we can make these decisions, right. right? So let's say even if they did that, let's say, you know what? Okay, you know, we got like 30,000 pages on that. I'm going to send right. that to you, right? So they send you all of this. You, How are you mm-hmm. going to, and your team, going to analyze that data? Maybe you don't even have the expertise to analyze that mm-hmm. data in the first place. They send it to you in the most technical and raw form <laughs> that they yeah, possibly yeah. can, right? If Apple sends you their data on their user database and, you know, how people are now thinking about themselves, right, and how they're utilizing that information to create new products, right, mm-hmm. and new languages and, you know, create new ways to appeal to their consumer in new ways. Yeah. So. Now, they can make sure that they're constantly adapting to societal changes because they have all the data. Yeah, real right? time. It keeps them ahead of the curve. This data is gold. It's worth so much money because they don't have to guess and put something in front of you and see if you like it. They can just look at the data to see what you like, then put it in front of mm-hmm. you. So it gives them a massive edge, right? And when it comes to being competitive in a market. Now, we fast forward to 2023. They come out with a technology and they say, listen, this technology is now going to give the average entrepreneur access to all the data. Mm -hmm. Data to where at a push of a finger, you can scrape the internet, ask it whatever question, and then tell it to quantify that data based on your education level and understanding Mm -hmm. and customize it to your industry. Mm -hmm. Now, think about all of those things. So you have the higher data a research forum, a data analyst, somebody yeah, yeah. prepared a report, like all of that money, you can't afford that as a right. startup, as an entrepreneur. A lot of money goes into just the research and development mm-hmm. aspect, right? So yeah. now we're saying that we've, we are in this era where everybody has access to these tools, mm-hmm. but because we are in the era of fast consumption, Right? People aren't using them. Right, right. So fast consumption is, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. So, you know, I got this book, The Evolution of Digital, right? It goes through everything. And when I was looking at this book, you know, this is about just web design up till today, right? Mm -hmm. Just the internet and then how it started going into streaming and then how people start adding these widgets and these plugins and how every iteration of like adding on to like these websites and the internet open up new possibility and changes and how it start changing different industries, right? And that's just for 
websites. Right. So people understood the massive opportunity with websites. They started digging in, right? Mm -hmm. But now we're in this age where, all right, boom, you know we got blockchain, mm -hmm. right? Blockchain is, I ain't gonna say it's fast consumed, but products from the blockchain are fast consumed. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Cryptocurrency was probably the slowest consumed at a while because a lot of people didn't know. Yeah, yeah. But once people learned about it, the fast consumption began. Mm -hmm. And the reason is, is because we're constantly looking for more stimulation. Mm -hmm. So, oh, crypto's here. I love it. How can I make money off of it? Wait. Yeah, yeah. The central idea that was surrounding it at first was to bank the bankless, mm -hmm. right? To create decentralized networks and opportunities for people to control their money and finance outside of the banking industry. Yeah. No, let's figure out how we just gonna make money. So FOMO kicks in, mm -hmm. right? So now you're seeing everybody, now your brain is firing, I gotta jump in. Mm -hmm. Cryptocurrency comes, right? Bitcoin goes through these different halving cycles. After those halving cycles, you see different spikes, right? Mm -hmm. Market manipulation happened, boom, bow, right? Yeah. That's a technology that I still is not slowly consumed by the masses. And maybe mm -hmm. nothing ever is truly slowly consumed by the masses, mm -hmm. right? Maybe that's the naivety of the thought in the first place. Right. So then we get, let's say, NFTs. NFTs mm -hmm. come fast consumed. Yeah, same thing. NFTs skyrocket. It goes high up. Billions of dollars, right? From being just maybe tens of millions and then at first being almost like no millions, yeah, yeah. right? Everybody and their mama is on it. The boar apes, the cats, the kitties, the galaxies, yeah. toads, punks, everything is just there. Boom. People are buying into it fast. When people's like, wait a minute, this represents new ownership, this represents new digital paths, this represents a mm. new way that we can go about utilizing the internet. Another thing that can take power away from institutions, yeah. give you the power, because people are to this day buying houses, right, yeah, without yeah. the train of paperwork in between that keeps a lot of people from doing things. Mm -hmm. So this is this system of, hey, this is a way you can use the blockchain. Again, right. it goes back to the blockchain, but fast consumption, if I'm not making money, it don't matter to so, me. No, yeah, yeah. So it comes and then it goes down. And even though today they still saying it's, it's like a hundred plus million dollar industry. Yeah, exactly. Which is a huge industry. Mm -hmm. But because the spike of activity is not around it, the train of, uh, of, of FOMO is not around it, people are not going to slowly consume it, learn it, understand the value, implement it in their business, use it to transform, right, and empower themselves. Mm -hmm. So boom. So you got NFTs, you got SBTs. Right, the soulbound tokens, all of these things are coming. Mm -hmm. Right, you oh, got man. decentralized banking. Right, uh, and now of course we're in AI. Right. right, and there's so many other different things. But I say that to say this: AI comes, a person picks up ChatGPT for a week, mm -hmm. then they're back to Google. Right, then they're back to asking a friend a question that they just bought a subscription for one of the most powerful tools <laughs> in human history Crazy. ever given to an average person to democratize access mm -hmm. to these tools. Right. Right? They got Claude, they got Bard, they got all these things. They got text to voice, text to image, text to video, yeah. duplication of image, right? You can you can sketch out yeah. an image of yourself, go to VizCon, not of yourself, but a product, mm -hmm. cutting out an industrial designer, have that product you know, a what a a a, 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 a image. You know what I mean? Instantly. Exactly. So now you just skip the step in your business, and you can send that to you know uh, China and tell them, hey, make me this product per yeah. these specifications. 
And now you're ready to roll. Right. At first, it took me. It took me like, I think it cost me almost like six, seven thousand dollars. I was, I was paying for this designer to create me this industrial design for this prototype crown. If I would have used this tool, it would have cost me fifty dollars a month. Yeah, yeah. So now, what's that does? Save me money. Save me time. Mm -hmm. Right. So, but. I'm slowly consuming them because I'm like, bro, I ain't reached the peak nowhere of what ChatGPT can do. I mm-hmm. should be focusing 10,000 hours on this and building my whole business around having access to this. Right, I feel you. So I want to get your thoughts on, you know, number one, the evolution of technology, but slow consumption error, or slow consumption and fast consumption because you slowly consume things. You learn them. You digest them. It's like microwavable food versus real food. You get the nutrients out of it you, so you can get the best out of it so you can use it for what the true value is, right. not the hype of it so that you can be stimulated. Oh, something new has come. Oh, aliens are here. Mm-hmm. And this puts people in this cycle of looking for more stimulation and we become addicts of the unveiling and the rolling out versus the actual usage so you don't mm-hmm. actually use it for its true value. Yeah, 100%. It's a... I used to sell music gear, and a lot of times producers, whether it was NPCs, stuff like that, it would come back if people didn't educate themselves first. It doesn't do what I needed to do. Like, what are you talking about? You don't even know what you just bought. So over time, I started recommending to people that, hey, before you even touch it, before you touch a knob or press a button, watch a video on it. Spend 45 minutes with a cup of coffee, do something, be patient with yourself. Um, Kind of like when we were kids and they say, hey, we're going to read this story the first time, listen. Second time, take notes. You know, it's, we, we need to digest information in, in twofold. To the experience, to, to familiarize ourselves with what we will be learning, and then the actual process of learning. And um, through doing that, like, yeah, I like to understand things systematically. Uh, and then their implications. Because that slow digestion really just comes from... from no, fast consumption, you said. It comes from uh, fear. I don't even think it's all laziness. I feel like if more people knew their competence to understand certain things, that they would give themselves more time. But uh, I always revert back to when we were kids and we're learning our ABCs. We spent, it, it, you know, we're given language in bite size. You already know how to talk by the time you learn your ABCs. So you're seeing these little symbols each letter that represents something. You don't even know you're getting the keys to communicate, write, read, all of these things. But it comes at that first step of, hey, digest this. So I'd say with with technology, um, you're 100% right. Everybody should be spending 10,000 hours because we don't even know what is possible completely until we really play with it and and have that trial and error. So, uh, and then the other end is fear. That whole job replacement thing, some people are just turned off by it. They don't even want to interact with it. Uh, but I always say, like, you know, we don't even want the jobs that AI is going to take from us for the most part. <laughs> people don't want those jobs. So, um, yeah, I, I recommend all of us really buckling down and seeing how we can apply it to what we want to do. Uh, one thing you spoke on is, like, the the blockchain. And notice how NFTs which were a huge a huge boom, right? And then the cryptocurrencies, another boom. And how NFTs gave cryptocurrency their biggest use case, essentially. One of the biggest use cases. But 
we would have never known had we experiment had not experimented or really dove in and started exploring the implications on blockchain. Oh, first we were sending messages, sending information. Now it's like, hold on, I can actually encode this and, and track who owns it. It became much larger, but mm -hmm. not until we explore and you know tinker with it. So, do you think? All right, so yeah, and and there's so much more I can go on on that. And this is why, like, I rather a lot of times teach in private. Mm -hmm. When you teach in public, people only listen to the part that they want to hear. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They don't listen to the warnings. They don't listen to none of that. They go, <laughs> all of that go, what do you say? How much money can I make? Boom. That's yeah. it. They don't listen to, hey, don't do this. The industry is going to go here. It's going to bubble. It's going to do this. Like, no, I don't, don't buy it. Make them. They don't listen to none of that. Mm -hmm. They just, tell me how to make me some money. Right? right? But that's society man. and I learned to pull back on a lot of those things and I don't see it a lot of time you know because I want those people that is a thought leader uh, a lot of people stop pushing out their content when I stop pushing out mine mm. right because they don't have their own original thoughts on it mm. right because when yeah, I go into something I like to, to dive into it a bit mm. it's like it, there's like shout out to my brother uh, Chicago crypto brother he's deep into like the DeFi mm. right he's deep into the money matrix I'm like if I'm if I'm learning something, I want to go to a brother like that. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? That's constantly on it every day, not just when the market is up or when the market right, is right. down. It's a trend, right? I want to go to people that are always consuming it and trying to figure out the best use of it and mm -hmm. the value of it, mm -hmm. right? And you know, I'm I'm really trying to focus and dial down more on media because there's so much power in it. Peace, family. I know it's a whole lot of AI talk. But understand that we do have one place that you can go to to check out all of the top AIs, the ones that have been made and the ones that are being made, all of the newest ones. Go to thewarehouse.ai and you can see all of the AIs that we talked about from text to image to text to video to text to speech, right? The ones that you can clone yourself, whatever it is, keeping you up to date, go to thewarehouse.ai ASAP. Peace. Family is 19 keys. We back for another 19 minutes. 19 minutes. 19 minutes. 19 minutes. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.